0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to another edition of All My Friends with Justin Flaskrude. Now, the last time we spoke, it was my daily diary from last week. And since then, Wyoming numbers have gone up. 608 cases and 12 deaths. About a death a day since the restrictions have been lifted. About 10 new cases a day. And all these restrictions have been lifted and there's no vaccine or even enough testing to track and contain the virus. But yet... We're all back in public, and a lot of people are acting like this thing is over, this pandemic's over. Well, it's not. And I know it's a three-day weekend, but no one needs to get up all impersonal with the people in your town. Go camping. Get away from the people. Uh, Work on your house. Work on your yard. Be outside. Enjoy the three-day weekend. Enjoy the time off. But no need to pack into a huge bar or a restaurant or, you know, the beach Um, just stay away from, from people and protect those face holes. Now, today's guest on the show is Lynn Fox. Now I knew her growing up in Laramie as Lynn Collins. Our moms are really good friends. So we kind of grew up around each other and hearing about each other's and our, our life plots per se. Now I'm pretty sure I met April Lynn's older sister first in a school club, DECA, but got to know Lynn through sports and then we went to senior prom together. Now, if you're friends with me, our picture from prom is on my Facebook page, but I'm not gonna repost it. You're gonna go have to search for it. I had a good time catching up with Lynn and hearing about her life and now about her son's life that happens to parallel some of Lynn's life and her past.
1: was born in Laramie and raised in Laramie, Wyoming.
0: And uh, so, did your parents meet in Laramie, Wyoming? Um, How'd they meet? How, How did they get you into this world, into Laramie, Wyoming?
1: Well, my dad played football at UW, and that's where my mom and dad met, was at UW. When they both were going to school, they did leave school early, and my dad, then they ended up in Hannah, Wyoming and we were actually living there they had my sister they were living there and well they had both of us in Laramie because you have to drive all the way from Hannah to Laramie to have us but then we eventually um, then they got divorced and then my mom and my sister and I lived in Torrington Wyoming till about sixth grade and then we moved to Laramie and when I was in sixth grade and and I grew up there the rest of the time was in Laramie.
0: So, are your parents originally from Wyoming, or did they? How did they find? I mean, they found the yep. university. But they're originally so, from it.
1: Yep. So, my mom is from Lovell, Wyoming, which is way north, and my dad grew up in Glendo, Wyoming, the little little town of Glendo.
0: So you're yeah, a true Wyomingite, to even parents, up to the you know you were born and raised, and they're they're from Wyoming too. So. What was it like, okay, do you remember Laramie the first time around being born here and then moving to Torrington? Do you remember the times here or do you just remember Laramie when you moved back?
1: I just remembered Laramie when I moved back. Sixth grade was when I yeah. I went to Slade Elementary.
0: Slade Elementary, right on. Um, so what was Torrington like growing up there?
1: Um, I didn't really like Torrington. Torrington was kind of rough. That was a rough time in my life I was I was bullied I know it's hard to think I'm so tall and but I was kind of bullied in Torrington I I couldn't wait to get out of there I was so happy my mom had was working at the community college there in Torrington and she was getting she was finishing her college degree and of course she wanted to move to Laramie to finish at UW so I was so happy when we moved to Laramie April my sister my older sister wasn't so happy because she was older and she had lots of friends and she wanted to stay in Torrington so she wasn't too happy about that
0: you said on a sixth grade and so uh, and April's what three years two years older than you two two years two years
1: uh-huh.
0: um yeah I could see not like I moved from Portland, a suburb of Portland Oregon to to Laramie in uh, after the seventh grade so eighth grade and I hated it. Absolutely. it. I was in a bigger populated area. To move down to Laramie was just rough. And, yes, I understand getting bullied. I think I was a bit here and there. Um, yeah, you don't think about it. But it's, it's other athletes that bully you, you know. And you, they think it's doing teammate stuff, and it's really not. But so sure. –
1: I, I can name names.
0: Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> do you me remember too. John,
1: Do you remember John Wood?
0: Yeah. Johnny Wood, who yeah, played yeah.
1: basketball? Well, he used to bully me and call me too tall. And then what happens in high school? <laughs> then in high school, we're playing open gym and we play basketball together. So it's, it's, all, it's all good.
0: Yeah. Um, my guy, yeah, he knows who he is. And yeah. everybody saw it eventually. And... They're just like, why is he such a dick to you? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I do everything better than he does. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a nice guy. I, I, but it was weird. And so, but it, I mean, yes, it happens. And I don't know. I think you grow from it. I'm not saying every kid deserved to get bullied at all. Because now you got the online stuff. And so it just never stops. Right. So at least, you know, when you got, had happened at school, you could leave school. So when we were going to school, but now you got online. So it never stops. So. Yeah, don't bullies. That's stupid. All right. I digress. Now you're living in Laramie, Wyoming, um, going to Slade Elementary. Uh, What was like that transition? You were really excited to get to Laramie. What what was the bigger population, probably?
1: Yeah, it was just, you know, Torrington, Wyoming, I think it had uh, one bowling alley. I think there was like maybe two fast food restaurants. There was a Hardee's and maybe a Taco John's and there was a Pomida. So Laramie was awesome because there was, um, it was bigger, even though Laramie is pretty small. You know, I live in Cheyenne now and I, you know, went to college at Fresno, California, which was way bigger, but Laramie was a step up from Torrington.
0: <laughs> so you had mentioned, yes, you are tall. How tall did you eventually grow to be?
1: Well, I'm six, two, and three quarters. So I, I always listed myself as six, three. Because you know, you always do that when you play basketball. You always add a little more.
0: I tried. I, I was 5'11, dot, dot, dot. Like with cleats on, I could be six feet. With cleats on, I was. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I never I never exaggerated on that part. I didn't care. It didn't matter to me. I swear, like every year in football, I lost weight because of camp. My senior year I actually gained weight. It was probably like muscle and stuff like that. It was probably my most athletic season year of gainings and stuff like that. I couldn't believe it. I came back from camp. I was like, How did I gain weight? Usually this is a weight dropper, but I was amazingly strong that year. And so you're growing up you're growing. You're growing. What is that like? I mean, you were you're taller than everybody else. And you got bullied, you got too tall, I mean what what was it like
1: well i think i think everybody junior high it's awkward either you're too, you you never fit in either you're too tall you're too short you're too heavy you're too skinny your hair is too curly it doesn't matter um because everybody wants to fit in but the thing is everybody is unique and so um of course i was i was I was probably, I was five foot 11 in seventh grade, and then I grew to six foot two by sophomore year of high school, or six three by sophomore year of high school, so, and then, of course, my feet were huge, and so that's hard being a girl. I think for guys, you know, my son is seven foot, and he's 17, and uh, he wears a size 18 shoe, so for him, it's still hard to be tall, but it's easier being a a male being tall I believe probably that. the same if, is if you're a male and you're short that's probably really hard you know
0: I knew plenty of those guys the Napoleon complex short yeah man I like it so obviously some genes how tall is your mom
1: my mom is six foot my dad was six four
0: my so sister they,
1: was six foot
0: yeah I mean that's it's genetically kind of gonna happen in your your family your your genetics there so your son is seven feet tall It's play, he plays basketball obviously right
1: yeah.
0: hey that, some people like don't at seven feet people well, we went to high school with a guy named heber richardson that was really tall and he was not that good at basketball
1: but he was a good swimmer he's a good
0: fantastic swimmer. swimmer like probably could dive in and touch the other end like he was that tall but i mean but it was just interesting because everybody was asked that one. Like, I bet your son gets asked all the time, do you do basketball? And he's probably like, he should be like, no, really good at science. Probably ask grades. What He's committed to see you. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, my son committed to see you. He'll be going to see you. So I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> That's good. We're going to wrap back around to you in high school. So you played basketball and you said you went on to college. Um what was it like playing high school basketball in Wyoming?
1: Um, I loved it. I loved I loved everything about it. I loved my teammates. Um, I was fortunate enough. We were on that team, you know, with Jackie Bridgman and Erica Braitman and Renee Flores and and Jen Vacy and and all of them. And we had Rod Tyson and Coach Street and the Workhasley brothers and. Um, we just had a good team. It was it was fun. It was exciting. We were really successful. Um, it was it was a good time.
0: Now, do you play any other sports while you were in high school?
1: No, I I actually I swam my sophomore year just to just to have fun. I'm not a really good swimmer, but I swam my sophomore year, and then I just played basketball and then worked um, at Ideal Foods. <laughs> When I wasn't yeah. playing basketball.
0: So, like in high school, were you like rebellious, uh, good grades, pure athlete, whatever?
1: I was. I was good grades, good kid. Didn't drink. I didn't. I didn't drink a lick until I graduated high school.
0: I made it till spring break in my senior year.
1: That's good. And,
0: yeah. I, well, because honestly I didn't have the time before that and I wasn't I didn't like I, I was always mad kind of like I thought all my teammates could play better if they didn't drink and go out and stuff that was my mindset because I wasn't I was like I'm not good enough naturally to do this I got to work hard and so I can't imagine if I put something in the way that cut my hard work out by like going out and drinking and all that so I didn't I didn't like it and so I didn't want to be a part of it I didn't go to party I, mean, I didn't go to parties and such I wasn't just it just wasn't my thing because I was more focused on athletics because I, I knew it would get me out of this town. Didn't really, but I knew that was probably gonna be my ticket, so I had to focus on that. And spring break, my senior year, we were selling raffle tickets to go to Australia, and I wasn't doing any sports, and my friends were like, hey, my cousin has an apartment across from the Buckhorn. It was Gabe, Gabe gave me pond, it was Mark's apartment, and I think it was like Miller Genuine draft like eight of them I was done gone don't blacked out it was like a Monday or some like the stories that came out of that night because I don't remember so much stuff They my friends could have made up so many things but then I didn't drink till I went like to Australia after that like so I waited I tried so I'm glad you waited too
1: yeah and I same same reason I knew I knew that I wanted to play college basketball first of all those group of seniors with Jackie Bridgman and Erica Brayman and Jen Basie, they actually put peer pressure on all of us and said, Hey, look, we don't drink. And if you drink, we're getting you kicked off the team. So we had that, but then I was like you, I I really wanted to play basketball in college. I knew that was my ticket. I didn't want to screw anything up. So I just towed the line and didn't drink.
0: That's good. So your hard work and non-drinking paid off and you ended up at Fresno state. Right. Yeah. And full, full, full scholarship and everything. How, how did it feel to get recruited by schools? Did you get recruited by a lot or you were like Fresno's a?
1: Um, I got recruited by uh, Northern Arizona in Flagstaff by CSU, by Wyoming, um, Fresno State, and then Nevada. UNLV was in there for a little bit, so it, it felt good, because um, I wasn't the best player on my high school team at all, by far, even in the state, but because I was so tall, and I worked hard, and I, w- I, had, I had the Division One female basketball body type, that, that's really what got me there, you know, I mean, there were all the other players on my high school team were way better than me, but because I worked hard and I was tall, it really was my ticket. So yeah, it was, it was, it was an exciting time because you get, you get to go on those recruiting trips and I went to CSU and I, Renee Flores and I went to um, Northern Arizona together. We flew, we almost missed the plane going. So that was fun. And then I went to Fresno and, and, um, uh,
0: Visited there. So. I went to, I recruited by Black Hills state and I went there and I remember they were playing their rivals, uh, South Dakota tech or South Dakota state, something like that in basketball. You no, know, cause I was during basketball season and it was like the very first point scored by Black Hills. The place was littered with, uh, toilet paper. It was crazy. Like, I had no idea it was about to happen. I was like, oh my God. And I guess, like, somebody, some old dude, like, ran out on the floor in the middle of the game and he got tackled by another person and they took him off of security. And so I was out with the football team later that night and they thought it was me who tackled him. Like, I was like, no, it wasn't. Some guy was like, that was you. And I was like, I was way up in the stands. I like, go, I'm here on recruiting. And they're like, no, I swear that was you. He was telling everyone at this party. And I was like, no, no, I swear it wasn't me. So that was like one recruiting trip I remember. But like when coaches brought me around, the height thing, they all said, I thought you were taller. And I was like, I'm not going to get taller. This is this. I don't, I didn't, and it did, I didn't. And they're all like, um, so you can walk on. I was like, well, I can walk on at UW. There was always that open door kind of with through our coach. And so I didn't though. I went and watched them one practice and was like, they will kill me. I'm good. Um, I'll transition away from that aspect of my life. Coach if I can or whatever, but I'm not putting on a helmet again, which was fantastic move. I enjoyed my college experience, but you were a college athlete. And so they had your time, you know, they invested in you. And so did they design what you did every day?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was um, (laughs) one year, so one year they decided that we were going to have practice at four in the morning. So we had practice for three hours starting at four in the morning, four to five to six to seven to eight. Then we would go to class from eight to 12 And then you, on three days a week, you would go to weights in the afternoon, and then you'd have to go to study table. If you had good grades, you know, you didn't have to, but your freshman year, you'd have to do so many hours of study table, which just basically meant you had to go to their designated study table, which could be the library, could be their little study. But, yeah, you basically, and then when you're in season and you have games, think of it this way. You have games on a, when you're traveling on a Thursday and Saturday night, so you may be going to uh, New Mexico and UTEP because back then it was the old whack and we would fly into UTEP and play on Thursday and then fly to New Mexico and then have a walkthrough on Friday and then play New Mexico on a Saturday and then fly back on a Saturday or a Sunday. And then you, so basically you would go to school Monday through Wednesday some weeks and have to get everything done and be on the road. So you basically are, you're just, I mean, it's, They do, the NCAA does have rules on how many hours they can practice you, but our coach, man, she, she, we would have three and a half, and it was a full three and a half hour practices, six days a week, on top of two hours or three hours of weight training a week. Wow. So it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a job.
0: Uh, Yeah. I I lived with football players in college, and – they were like, Joe Teller would say, education's number one, when they would have meetings. And folks, I held up a two to the camera. And and I was like, what? Like, and it was interesting because I worked in the media. So I was like, you guys shouldn't tell me this kind of stuff because I'm not the one you should talk to, but we were good friends and I never sold them out or anything. Except maybe now, but Joe Teller, he's passed and, and they've long played. But yeah, I saw it, definitely from my side um just being friends with you know athletes and even more i think they even had a looser chain than compared to how they are now like i watch the handlers now they bring uw players to you know events in towns and such and it's just like go here go here do this <laughs> i'm like it's an investment but man you got to have a college life like that's why you went like so i mean did you were you able to graduate in the four years from college at, at yeah, Fresno? Yeah,
1: I, I it took me I I it took me five years. They give you a, at Fresno State they give you that extra fifth year. I really okay. didn't need it, but I took it because, um, and so that fifth year was great. I uh, I just worked at the grad my one of my teammates' mom was the head of the graduate school, so I worked in the graduate office, and that was fun. Um, So,
0: yeah, it took me five years, but that's okay. took me six. I had to pay for the six. My parents were like, we'll pay for five. And then they're like, okay, it's time to wrap it up. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll pay for the last one. I could have probably got done in five and a half, but I was like paying for it. So I worked and paid for two half semesters. So uh, I I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no clue. I freaked out. Like I watched people graduate in four years. A A couple of my friends, Jeremy Wheatley. He graduated in four and he's like, what do I do? And I was like, I don't know. I got like two more years. I, I have no idea what to do. And then I watched like the next year was like Ty. He's like, uh, what am I doing? I was like, I-, I don't know. I don't know what to do either. And so I think I stuck around Larry for a little bit and then yeah, ended up in the, in the East coast. But um, so you made it through five. did you get your degree in?
1: I got a degree in uh, got a bachelor of science in health science and I was community health was the option. And I was like you, I'm like, now what do I do? So (laughs) what I did was I went to graduate. I came back to Laramie and I went to graduate school. I got a graduate teaching assistantship, a GA with, and I got my master's in PE and health. So basically I came back and I was (laughs) teaching PE classes like I had to play, I had to teach racquetball and I never played racquetball ever. And so I had to teach racquetball. Then I had to teach a wellness class with like a hundred students. That was horrible, but it was good because it taught me how to, you know, improve my public speaking. And um, so anyway, I came back to Wyoming and I went to graduate school, which I really enjoyed. That took me two years. So then I had my master's degree at 25 and then I got a job in Cheyenne at the state health department. As an epidemiologist which really was just looking at health data for the maternal and child health section which I really didn't like but I did it because it was a job.
0: Now did, going into college did you know what you wanted to do when declared did the basketball team help you decide your path at all?
1: No basically what I did was you know after your second year you have to declare And so I looked at the things that I liked. Like I thought maybe I wanted to be a PE teacher and a coach or maybe a nurse. And um, I didn't, the teaching, I didn't know if I could do the student teaching with basketball. I didn't know how that would work. But I look back now, I probably could have done it in my fifth year. But so I ended up doing the health science because it was a general and I had taken all the kind of prereqs. and so it just, I kind of just followed my passion. Like I took classes that I liked and a lot of those classes were in that major. So that's what I declared.
0: Yeah. I thought I was going to go into marketing because I was in DECA with your sister Yeah. and um, thought I was going to go into marketing, going into college, going to college was very undeclared thought maybe a teacher and my dad and stepmom are teachers were teachers my dad pretty much talked me out of it, which I probably should have gone and been a teacher, but I had carried camera equipment for football games uh, for my stepdad, uh, for the UW football team. And for Casper, I believe in college I did, I done it in my senior year high school. And so he was like, why don't you intern for me at UW TV? And I was like, nah, sure, whatever, I carried equipment. He's like, you'll carry equipment, and basically, when I was done with that semester of it, I got a broadcasting class, declared, I was in broadcasting, that was my thing. People were like, oh, I bet it was all your stepdad. And I was like, no, I was reluctantly, I did not want to do that. I did not want to follow in that footstep, but it worked out, I, it served me well. Well, I don't do anything broadcasting now besides maybe the podcast or my radio shows, but my uh, real world job, my IT job doesn't have a whole lot to do with what I did at my broadcasting degree at all, but I jumped through the hoops. So that's what college degrees pretty much show employers. I say you jump through the right hoops. So in college, you obviously had your first drink or two, you know, scheduled around your 4am basketball practices. Wow. Um, were they, what did was it easier to bounce your social time once you were off season or older? Or, you know, how did that work out?
1: Yeah, I mean, once I got to Fresno State, um, you know, my teammates were my friends, so I hung out with them and yeah, we drank. We drank MGDs. I remember we we go. we even, you know. We would go out New Year's Eve, and we'd have practice the next day. I remember one New Year's Eve we went out and uh, we went to the Black Angus. We like to go dance at the Black Angus. I actually lived in an apartment, and there's this little there's this little wall, and we would jump over the wall, jump up over the wall, and go to the Black Angus, have fun, drop back and go into our apartment. We didn't have to drive or anything, sure. but yeah, I had fun. I uh, definitely had some good times in California and visited as much as I could while I was there and saw everything that I could while I was there.
0: Do you still keep in contact with your teammates and such?
1: Yep, yep. My one teammate, uh, Christy Fulton, um, there's three or four of them that still live in Fresno. And I I usually go, I was going like once a year and visiting Christy, but I go back and I actually just um, developed a little Facebook group. and to kind of do a reunion. I want to plan a reunion with all those all those girls. There's quite a few of them that are still in California. There was one from Norway, there's one in Minnesota. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna organize that.
0: All right, now you, to, you just graduated college, you came back here to Laramie, got your masters, um, and they got a job in Cheyenne. Uh get married somewhere in there yeah
1: <laughs> when i came when i came back so i met my first husband in in um fresno he was he was actually a basketball coach for went for his high school a girl's basketball coach so i met him we dated for two or three years and then when we we both moved back to wyoming well, when i moved back to wyoming he moved with me we got married um and then we were married four
0: years And that's Lawson came from that man. Yeah,
1: that's Lawson's dad.
0: Lawson's dad. Gotcha. And so that didn't work out. You're in Cheyenne, you know, thriving, surviving. um, And you meet your current husband? How long ago was this?
1: So I... When I, diver- when I divorced my first husband, I was actually pregnant with Lawson. So I was an I was a s- instant single mother. So I was going through a divorce when I was pregnant with Lawson. So I had Lawson, and then I was you know then I didn't meet Jeff until Lawson was like four, so four years later. Um, and so Jeff, um, his brother is Jeremy Fox, who was a standout basketball player in our day. And um, so, yeah, I met Jeff, I, my friend, Amy set me up on a blind date. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, I know this guy. I know his brother. I remember his brother, but Jeff is his is actually Jeremy's older brother. Okay. okay. So Jeremy, Jeremy Fox, who's now my brother in law <laughs> is was my sister's age. Two years older than me, but Jeff is five years older. Jeff was actually older than Jeremy.
0: Okay. I still tell stories of that Jeremy's team, Demetrius, and oh god, but we had a solid yeah. team. Burl. Yeah,
1: and Dude. actually, so the interesting thing about Demetrius Drew is he has two, the two twins, the the court. They're called the McCord twins. They're they're seniors this year, and they played for East. Those yeah. are Demetrius Drew's kids, and they were amazing.
0: Oh wow. Interestingly enough, I did, I don't know if you heard, I did some uh, play-by-play basketball with Sheridan. Um, Their guy, Jeff Rickett, he runs the radio station, that Cowboy Joe radio. And I was going up to visit him for his birthday and Laramie happened to be in town. And so he's like, come up and call a game. And I called a football game with him when he came to Laramie for Sheridan football. And so I was up in the stands and your son's name came up and I was like, Hey, tidbit, I went to prom with his <laughs> mom and, and it floored people. They're like, what? Really, like, people were listening, I got text messages and stuff, they're like, what? That they knew, they're like, it cracked people up. So, yeah, and, and they're like, well, Jeff was like, did you, ta- did you take the tallest girl in the school? And I was like, yeah, I'm not intimidated by any of that. <laughs> faze me. I think I showed pictures, I was like, we don't look that, ba- I don't look like I'm being dwarfed out by this by any means. So I'm no. like, and they're like, oh, that's so interesting. I said, yeah. And then like, um, so I think Senator Enzi was there. Like it was interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Brad, yeah, because Brad, Brad,
1: his son Brad, I'm friends with Brad and his son, you know, Trey. Yeah. So when my son, when Lawson was in eighth grade and Trey is a year younger, when Trey was in seventh grade and then when Nathaniel Tallage, if you know who Nathaniel Tallage is, he's on Cheyenne, he's on... Uh, Cheyenne Central's team he's with Lawson I went we took them to Atlanta me and uh, Brad and I took those three boys to Atlanta when Lawson was in 8th grade and they were in 7th to this thing called the future 150 and it was like they had 80 boys that, from all over the country and they lined them up the first thing they did is they lined them up shortest to tallest and my son was the second tallest behind a kid named John Butler, look his name up.
0: Okay. He's one of the
1: top recruits in the country. He's a black kid, and I met his mom, and his mom was like me. She was tall like me, and she played Division I college basketball, so we hit it right off. But anyway, yeah, those three boys, uh, we took them to Atlanta to that future 150, and that's what then someone saw my son and called someone in Utah, and that's how he got on, on his AAU team. In Utah, the Utah, the XM Elite, Utah wow. prospects. Then he started playing for them.
0: Wow! Amazing, right? I mean, just amazing where basketball can take you. Like, did you were, you were you able to travel in basketball like foreign? Did Fresno go in and play anywhere foreign? No,
1: no, no. But you know, I played at UCLA. I played all over California. I remember one year we went to Sac State. And we showed up at Arco Arena, and the Sacramento Kings were practicing. We got to see them practice. Uh, I met Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal drove up to our to Fresno State. We were coming out of practice. He came up in a cab because um, Jerry Tarkanian was the men's head coach when I was there, and they were coming. Him and Stacey Ogman were coming to see Tark. Um, so it you know it it was. We played all over, you know, we played all the whack teams. We we didn't go anywhere. Well, we went to Hawaii, but that's not out of the country. But yeah. It, it
0: was still cool, not many people get to go to Hawaii. That you would like that grew up in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Like I mean we did it when we went to Australia to play football when we came back, we stopped off in Hawaii for a couple days. And honestly that trip was I mean, the more I think about it, it was great memories and everything. But to be with 50 guys from Wyoming from, like, just some super redneck guys that have never traveled, never been on a plane. The things that came out of their mouths was, looking back, hilarious. And just their interaction, because I traveled a lot already when I, you know, and back and forth between here and Oregon. And i and been on vacation. I don't think I've been anywhere out of country besides Australia, maybe Canada. But, like, it was interesting to see that interaction with the guys. We had this quarterback and he's a shorter guy and we got to japan we were over a layover and he's like i love it here i'm taller than everybody else (laughs) and i was like true true i get you and so yeah it's interesting where sports will take you and so now you've had that ride and and to see your son take off on that ride as well too and kind of i mean to already be committed as a junior to division 1 school i mean that's pretty exciting what made him do you choose cu
1: um i don't know i i uh, wanted him to, i wanted him to go to cu so bad but i was like i okay. had to step back and i had to let him make the decision like i couldn't give him any so what i would do is i would just give him open ended questions to try to get him to figure out okay what what kind of city or town or or what, what kind of university would he want to play for what kind of coach what do you want to play for does he want to stay close to home does he not want to stay close to home so I don't know why I think he really likes Tad Boyle and um you know the assistant um Mike Rohn he's a great recruiter I mean he's amazing he makes contact he calls he he came he he came and watched they came and watched Lawson three or four times and not dogging coach Edwards from Wyoming but they They only came and watched him maybe twice. Um, So they really paid him attention. And then Lawson, um, we went out to, he really wanted to go out and see St. Mary's, which is in the Bay Area. It's in a little town called Moringa. He really wanted to see St. Mary's, which... So we did that. We went out in, in November for that recruiting trip, and that was really cool because St. Mary's—they are so successful. I think that Coach Bennett has been there 18 years, and 16 wow. of the 18 years they've gone to the NCAA tournament.
0: I recognize the name from betting he's a, on NCAA. <laughs>
1: he's an—he's an interesting cat. He's, and that school is very little. But anyway, we so we went there, and then we went. Then he wanted then Santa Clara, which is right there in the Bay Area too, recruited him. So then the next weekend we went back to the Bay Area. <laughs> went to Santa Clara. Gosh. And in my mind I thought he's not gonna like the Bay Area because in his in his um AAU he plays a lot in LA. He doesn't like LA. Now he, like you, grew up because we were a divorced family. His dad had moved to Boston, so he'd been back and forth to Boston. His dad had taken him on several vacations, so he'd been traveling all around. So he's seen, which I think is really good, and yeah. I think that's why he ended up deciding to go to see you close to home. Um, CSU, CSU kind of came in late because they have a new coach, um, Med, uh, Coach Medved. He's really, really good. And Lawson was very uh, interested in them, but, you know, CU is a better conference. You know, the PAC 12 is a great conference. So I think he made the right choice. He's close enough to home, but far enough away from home. He's going to be playing in the PAC 12. He knew he wanted to stay on the West coast, either, either the mountain West or I think Boise state was also looking at him. And so was uh, Oregon state and, um, and some other, you know, Baylor, he went out to Baylor. I mean, he went, didn't go on an official visit to Baylor, but Baylor really wanted him, and they came all the way to Casper to watch him play, and they came all the way to Central and met with us. So, But Baylor wasn't really his – you know, he didn't feel comfortable there. He's kind of a shy guy, so.
0: It'll work out. See you. Oh, well, we have a new coach here now, so the guy's killing that week.
1: He recruited yeah. so Linder, Coach Linder, also recruited Lawson too. Oh, there you go. So we we went and talked to Coach Linder this summer, and he and Lawson and Lawson called it. Lawson said, "You know what's going to happen is if the Wyoming coach gets fired, Linder's going to get that job." And Lawson called
0: it. Yeah, that uh, I had a i I had a rough idea. I know some people some people in the inside the world of the you know small town here, and you go uh huh. I knew Edwards was gone and, and the watching the tournament where they played really well, was painful, but was, I mean, I was like, Oh, I felt good. Cause the team kind of went out on a high note, but I knew he was probably going to be gone. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's
1: hard. It's it's hard. hard. Yeah. Oh
0: man. I could imagine. I, it's, it's hard good. for
1: any coach, you know, coach, I like coach Edwards. He came and talked and, um, I really liked Jeremy Shiat. He's a really great guy and I loved his dad and, you know, I think it's just it's a struggle for coaches in Wyoming to be able to get really good players to come to Laramie because, I mean, it's it's hard. It's not like the best place to play. You're at the you're at, re, you're at the highest altitude. I mean, as a basket. I mean, I remember when we played. I was in the best shape of my life, and we'd come to Wyoming and CSU, and I'd be we would be in walk through dying.
0: And that's I i've told this to ray who's he's a basketball coach down in vegas the head coach of a high school there and i was like we always talk basketball and i'm like i said this and he goes "Yeah, oh, you have i go from the very beginning since i've been a wyoming fan run the ball like just push the other teams and make them hate being here and that's guaranteed wins you know all the time because the other team is just sucking wins so much and i was like do i think who we used to do like it was a team that used to sub in five at a time and press and run with one five and then run with the other. And I was like, yeah, do that. And I was like, you can get athletes that will want to come and do that. There's athletes who would love to do that. And then you get them acclimated at the, the oxygen level here and maybe CSU can hang with you. Yep. But otherwise nobody else. And I was like, I know refs hate coming here. They would hate running their butts off for that. But, um, yeah. I understand it's a hard recruiting spot to get people to come here. And that time of year, if you're going to watch a Wyoming game, you're going to catch the worst part of our, our seasons is winter, but it's gotten easier. Actually this winter forgettable. I I don't remember any like super negative full week of negative 40. Didn't happen this winter. So forgettable. It's getting better. I don't know if that's good or bad, but, um, If you're interested in coming to play basketball in the University of Wyoming, our winters aren't as bad as they used to be, but
1: yeah,
0: it is tough and it is shocking because if you got recruited here and like and they bring you through in the summertime, it's a fake out. You see Prexy's pasture; it's green. The
1: sun's out all
0: the time; it's amazing. And then you get exposed to that winter, it makes you want to pack up and go home. I remember the first winter I was here; I was like, "Oh my god, I." I wanted snow so bad growing up in Oregon and I got it and God got think, it.
1: <laughs> but I was talking to Lawson about this yesterday yeah. is that actually for kids that for young men or, or young athletes that are, maybe grow up in the, in the inner city Yeah, and Wyoming might be a great place for them to come because they can get away from that. It's slower paced, you know, maybe if they grew up in California and they wanted to see snow, you know, I think it kind of, if you can find those kids, it is a draw. And then like even, even Lawson said, if you can find those kids that aren't, that weren't highly recruited, but are great athletes and have great potential, those are the kids you need to get to Wyoming to come to Wyoming, because then, you know, they may not be recruit highly recruited, but if they came to Wyoming, they could be a star, you know?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's, they luck out sometimes and they get some good coaches that know how to get People to play here, or those type of players that are just, the, you know, on that cusp. You just got to pull it out of them, and they'll thrive in a Wyoming system or something like that. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and yeah, I, I think that was great how you talked to Lawson about what he wanted from a university, what he wanted from a town, you know, because you went through that kind of same experience, I and mean, it wasn't completely foreign to you. I mean, a lot of parents go through it if their kid turns into, you know, super athlete. They don't know what to do, or where they should take them, or you know. But at least you can give them some guidance with that one. Um, so, we'll backtrack. Does your husband have kids as well?
1: Yes. So he has two. He has a son who played football, um, and he actually won a. He played at Windsor High in in uh, Colorado, and they actually won a state championship. so storm fox and then he's got a daughter sierra and she they're both they're 21 and going to be 22 and they live in colorado
0: wow nice little blended family you have there um so did they instantly take to you or did you were there some struggles? No.
1: no 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 it was not easy so when jeff and i got together, those kids were eight and nine, and Lawson was four, and those kids were starting to be, they were, you know, becoming teenagers, and so they didn't like me, no, because I took the TVs, I was a mom, I took the TVs out of their room, and I made them eat spinach, and they didn't like that, and so when they became teenagers, their mom lived in Colorado, and they went to live with their mom. Uh uh-huh. But now we, we get along great. You know, we're, we get along great. So just, it's hard for kids when they're in a blended family. It's hard for everybody.
0: I, I was lucky. I mean, I, I got my parents both remarried and they're currently married to the same people They got remarried afterwards. I had some great step parents and they never put me in positions or where they're like, I'm your new dad or I'm your new mom. Never anything like that. There was discipline, but it was a lot of check with my, you know, parent first. But there was a discipline. I learned respect. I learned a lot from both of them. I'm a, like, you know, I know my parents married to them more than my parents married to them. My parents, so that's interesting. And and so I was like, well, I got lucky, and um, that I didn't. Hey, dog, I didn't have to uh, battle with any step parent or feel like I had to leave because of a step parents because they made me my spinach or took my TV away or anything like that. Um, it's tough. I mean, I understand. And, uh, but I think my parents, even though they did, didn't necessarily get along, I think they're on the same page in how they raised us. And so like, I wasn't, couldn't go like, I'm going to leave, go live with my dad. I was like, okay, have fun with that choice. You know, She would have never let me go. She just let me vent like that. But, um, so I I understand, very understand that kind of blendedness. It seems like um, our generation, I'm always like, man, we all have divorced parents. It was weird. Like, it just, I know everything's interesting, like it happens, but it just seems like all my friends are like, okay, now you have blended family. So we learned how to have a blended family early in life basically. No. I mean, no. did your dad remarry and such?
1: No. Uh-huh. No. Mean. My mom never remarried. And, and, mom? So, and pretty much my parents were divorced by the time I was three. So I pretty much, uh-huh. um, you know, was with my mom, sing, raised by a single mom. Um, but yeah, it does seem like our generation is when everybody starts splitting up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but yet I probably didn't get it until I had my own divorce. I was like, uh-huh. I was like, I see why it happened. I don't know if I was necessarily ready for my marriage. And a lot of people weren't. It was just the next step of my life. And huh. so when I realized what I wanted, I didn't think it wasn't being married to that person anymore. Or it just we just eventually became polar opposites. And I was like, it's great, it's kind of opposites track, but it was total fire after that so i hope she's doing okay in life i haven't spoke to her in over 17 18 years which is cool with me every yeah. once in a while i have dreams where i run into her which thank god i live in wyoming how could that be possible she's on the west coast and so hopefully you never have to run into your ex besides maybe through your son no
1: i do i i i have a good relationship with my ex okay. now and when we first got divorced, not so good. There was a lot of tension and um, it was really hard. And then, but because of our son, I had to forgive. I had to, and, and we actually, it was really, it was really good. Cause when we went on those recruiting trips to the uh, St. Mary's and in, in Santa Clara, we had a really good time. So it was, it was
0: good. So he was able to go out there or he lives out there.
1: No, yeah. he lived. And he lives here in Cheyenne. Man. He, he lived he, in. He lived in Boston till Lawson was about seventh grade or eighth grade, and then he moved back. And so, and he's remarried, and he she has children, and he has a child with her. So there's another blended family. So my son, well, you know,
0: Boston's has got our it. blended
1: family, and then he has step siblings on the other side too.
0: I understand it all too well. I understand it all too well um so now that you've been how you've been in Cheyenne um
1: 20 years or how many or 20 years I I moved to Cheyenne in 2000 so it's 20 years
0: wow 20 years time flies <laughs> and so what do you do over there now I remember you drawing up earlier but I forgot
1: I work for the school district, Laramie County School District. I'm the wellness coordinator. So I do, it's not student wellness. I do work site wellness. I do staff wellness. So I run the wellness program and I've been doing that for 15 years. I started that program 15
0: years ago. And what, what kind of, can you talk about what kind of program it is or what?
1: Yeah. So we have a wellness program where I offer, um, I have free fitness classes. I teach a fitness class. I have a yoga instructor that teaches a class. I run health challenges. Like we do a move it team challenge where we get teachers together and they track their movement and then they get little incentives. I do four or five challenges a year. Then I have Uh, programs like I teach classes I teach uh, tobacco cessation I teach um, nutrition classes and then I also we give our our employees it's called a wellness incentive plan and we give them up to $200 a year if they participate in the wellness program
0: right on sounds good I like it I like it um uh last question I think I'm gonna ask everyone this one. How did we meet?
1: Our parents, our moms were best friends. <laughs> right? I don't even remember the first time I met you. Do you remember?
0: Well, I mean, let's see, you're you're younger than me, so probably sometime I'm sure our paths crossed in junior. Well, year. I
1: babysat your sister.
0: That's, but that's... we
1: knew each other before then.
0: Yeah. Our paths definitely probably crossed at some point in junior high, probably more in high school because of athletics and such. Like, you yep. know, the same people and everything. And like I said, yeah, told you guys, we went to prom together. And so, uh, that was, it was my second prom. I always tell people, you were nervous. I remember this. Because you were gripped onto my arm and because you didn't want to trip. <laughs> because we were, yeah, do the grand march, which I was always like, man, this is dumb. Like we were on parade for our parents, I get it. We just did a hundred pictures for them. Why do we gotta do this again? So I was like, we'll get through this, we'll be fine. You know, just just keep your face up so you can smile. I'll keep this guy going down the road.
1: This is what I remember, Justin, okay. this is what I remember. You gave me – you you asked me who my favorite player was, and I said Dennis Rodman at the time. Oh, nice. And you gave me a Dennis Rodman card, and guess what? Guess what? Dennis Rodman's son, DJ Rodman, plays for USC. USC is in the Pac-12. Someday I'm going to go to a game, Lawson's game, and I'm going to meet Dennis Rodman.
0: I hope so, and take pictures and remember the Dennis Rodman card. I don't remember that, but – Makes sense. You don't
1: was, remember that? I'm you don't a, remember that Dennis Rodman card?
0: I'm a huge Rodman fan, too.
1: Hmm. Are you an, watching Are you watching The Last Dance?
0: I have it all recorded, and I wanted to binge watch it. And by the time it got done, I still have it recorded. I was like, Tia, do you want to watch it? And she's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, let's do. And so we haven't started it yet, but we will. Um, You'll
1: love it. You we watched in
0: Longmire recently. Have you watched that show ever?
1: I've w- I watched a little bit of that, yeah.
0: Yeah. We're wrapped up in it. We just laugh because there's so many murders in Wyoming. And I was like, I, I don't think that's a- – I mean, that's not possible. One one a week, it feels like. But it's an interesting show. They, where it takes place, allegedly, to where they put it in Wyoming on the map, it's not accurate at all. But <laughs> whatever. My friend, Jeff, who runs the you know, Cowboy Joe Radio – they do a longmire days and out of Buffalo, Wyoming, they have like a uh, softball game. And some of the people from the show show up, even though it's most of it's filmed down in New Mexico. Really? Yeah. And so he's got pictures with like most of the, the crew and everything. Cause he does play by play for him. And so, but oh. yeah, so I think it's in Buffalo's. I mean, cause that's where kind of the area is supposed to take place, but it's right next to the reservation. I was like, yeah, you got to go over those big old mountains and, couple hundred miles to get to that reservation but sure but sure it's there um uh, oh well now we, uh, we're in this pandemic I, I had my last question i guess but i have another question so as far as like do you help out in the like homeschooling of your your son at all does he take care of it himself uh how well, are you what are you good. doing we talked about it before we recorded on stuff but yeah go ahead
1: no he's good he, he, he does his homework himself he uh gets it all done by wednesday and then he's off playing basketball like right now he, he he's in boulder he drove his first time to boulder one of the some guy in colorado called him and wanted him to play with some of the high school the best high school players in colorado and they were going to play at the outdoor court that's right behind the course course um arena where boulder where the, where the buffs play so he should be home here probably in about twenty minutes driving his first time. So but no, he's a good student. He he I don't have to help him with this. Thank God. Because he's taking I- he's taking college trigonometry. I don't think I can help him with his math.
0: Yeah, I, I feel for the people that don't have any sort of education background times to try and teach your kids. Like I mean a lot of like I've talked to a lot of my friends, that have kids and luckily like Ray and Amanda, they're both teachers, so it's easy. Um, Ty, his wife, Sarah, Rose, she's got the keys like, our kids are on a tight schedule by her. And I was like, that's good. Well, you need somebody to uh, lead the way. And that's great that your son, you know, does his own stuff. Hopefully they're being safe down there, you know, taking their temperatures before and after and uh, not breathing on each other too much.
1: Well, they're outside, it's fine. Well,
0: yeah yeah but that's a basketball is a you know non-contact sport as i hold up my air quotes you're up close with each other can't afford any everybody's got to be you know trust to play with each other at that moment i say especially in colorado we're up here in safe wyoming but i call it
1: it's not gonna I can't, you know, when you have a teenager, you kind of have to let them start to like spread their wings and fly. Yeah. And you just have to, like, I can't I can't, I can't, can't keep him from playing. He's gonna do, it's his passion. Come on, he's seven foot. He's meant to play basketball. He yeah. loves it. I'm gonna
0: let him play. Oh yeah, I hear you. I just, I, I mean, I always, I, I get worried, but I'm like, ah, kids are kids. It's hard to, only because I'm a diabetic. And so I have a kind of a little bit of my, that's why I have to stay home a lot. I'm not trying to catch it. I think I might have got it, but I'm not I, in December. Yeah. I had The worst flu I thought, but I never didn't get tested or anything. I just stayed home and it knocked me out for a good week, which probably could have been, should have been longer, but I was like so gung ho about going back to work. So I like, but it took out a good chunk of the university. So I wonder, and a lot of people say, yeah, I went and got tested for the flu and it didn't come up with anything. So I, and I, I was like, it's very easy that I think it came through because university is a very international place. And so I wouldn't be shocked, but once I can take a uh, antibodies test that's the FDA approved, I will. I think the uh, Wyoming well, I
1: mean, health fairs are offering one. I think it's
0: $75. I'm, I'm down. I, there's... Cause I know there was a couple that were not very effective and now they're getting the FDA has to approve it before I'll take it just to make sure. And who knows, hopefully, I hope that you can't get it again. Cause if you can't, then people that have antibodies already are superheroes and we can go out and get the economy going, I guess. So what do you, so with your job now, I mean, with working with the school district, you, you said you were home a couple days a week and then you're in at work one day a week
1: mm-hmm. so, so i you- a lot of the things that i do is online anyway like i ran a, i ran a gratitude uh gratitude challenge during april which was really good because so what i do is i send a little email and then they have to do like a log of their of gratitude and so that was really good for people so i did that and then i the second part of my wellness program ended. So then I got all those people paid. And then I've done um, a couple Zoom calls. I did a financial wellness one with a guy, with a financial wellness guy. And then I did a couple myself on digestion and I'll do another one on blood sugar next week. Um, so that, that's what I'm doing.
0: Nice, nice, good. People need wellness right now. Mental wellness, all sorts of wellness. Cause and I tell everyone, I was like, stop stressing. It screws up your immune system. And now we need to be boost, boosting that immune system.
1: Right. Um,
0: yeah. Got any, I always have to ask these people, got anything to promote besides your wellness?
1: Anything to promote?
0: Yeah, why not? Got any um, wellness stuff things coming up?
1: Well, I'm, um, I'm actually gonna start my own, I'm starting my own business called Assist Health Coaching. So, I'm going to do kind of on the side um, health coaching for people, like if they need help with uh, um, exercise. Like, I'm making exercise videos and an exercise plan for my friend um, in Rock Springs. And then, so I can do that, or I can do tobacco cessation, or I can help people with nutrition. I have this really cool, I got trained as a nutritional therapy practitioner, which I can't really. Um, practice in Wyoming, but I have some cool tools to help people with nutrition, give them basic information about eating right. So that that's my next thing I'm going to do on yeah. the side.
0: Cool. I like it. I like it. Entrepreneur. Yeah. Use your skills. Like I, I was like, I don't have any. No, I work in IT. I was like, I want to start this podcast. And and so I was like, cause I did this radio show for a long time and I go on tangents during my shows. And I was like, ah, we need to put this in a podcast. And I, cause I, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, interview podcasts. I kind of have some favorites and such. And I was like, I can totally do this and I want to talk to my friends. And it's like, this is something I can do. Maybe someday I get paid for it or whatever. But I was like, I, I don't have any, i DJ on the side, weddings and such now. Um, but yeah, I, Definitely, because I want to be able to retire from the university when I can, not when you have to wait for retirement age. So to have that side hustle is always good to have. So you can maybe walk away from your job if you need it. It's always good to have benefits. But yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out what my skills are, like what I can harness to put out there in the world. And hopefully this podcast will make it someday and people will listen and enjoy our stories. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to thank you for being on my show. I am still looking for someone, an artist or an artist, to produce some music that I can use that transitions between my intros and outros and the interviews like you just heard a few seconds ago. If you're one of those artists or you know one of those artists, Hit me up, uh, Facebook. You can private message me. You can hit me up on Instagram. You can hit me up on Snapchat. Just text me. Just let me know. My Facebook page is called DJ Root Entertainment. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me, unless you have my digits and then text me. If you're that, if you're that artist, I want to play your music, and I'll I will definitely give you a shout out each and every show for the music that you send to me. I just needed a guitar lick or a DJ lick or. Maybe if you play uh, the jazz flute, I would even use that. So give me that music so I can use on this show and we can get famous together. Now, as far as that interview went, I don't remember giving Lynn a Rodman card, but it's something I would have done. We also played some dunk basketball a week or two before prom as well. I forgot to bring that up. I think we discussed prom while we were playing basketball. And Lynn brought up working at Ideal Foods and it got me remembering seeing both Lynn and her older sister April when i go in the store. They were like staples to that establishment, to that grocery store. It was always good to see a friendly face. Ah, the good old days, folks. Well, that's what this show is all about. It's all my friends and my friends' life stories and we're going to keep doing them. So keep listening. On to the next podcast.